So this morning, we are, um, as Kelly said, our family went through the week being sick. Um, and it's interesting how being sick slows you down. It's, it brings you to a place of being still, doesn't it? <laughs> Sometimes because if you, you're just kind of like, oh, oh, don't move, don't move, right? You ever had those moments? Or like, oh, the lights are too bright. Oh, anybody? Anybody get headaches like that? Oh, we got to pray for our brother Jerry. He's been um, dealing with headaches for how long is it now? Almost a month? Almost a month on the side of his head. Um, so I imagine lights, sounds, smells, probably not his thing. Um, but early on in the week, started getting sick. Kelly was already sick. Um, and Zoe ended up getting sick after me. And so, you know, what happens with, with, um, with mom getting sick first, right? What happens? Nothing? No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nothing happens. No, it's usually a mom is the one that's taking care of everybody else, right? She gets sick, and then she has to get well quickly so that she can take care of man flu and, and the child. Um, so that's what happened. And um, How many of you do slow well? Like when, when the Lord slows you down, when you end up getting sick or, or, or having to slow down? Maybe you break a bone. or Anybody do well with that? <laughs> yeah, I, I've got a long ways to go. Um, it, it's interesting how, in our culture especially, here in America, you go around the world, it's, it's not the same, but we are very, very work ethic driven, aren't we? And, and to the point where that starts to interfere with, with Sabbathing well. It starts to interfere with slowing down. Um, and... And this, this series was meant to be just a couple weeks long, and, and it's kind of ballooned a little bit. We're almost done. Um, but there seems to be more to be said. This morning, the title is Retreat to Advance. Retreat to Advance. I, I noticed this in the Word that, that, um, that there's, there, there's a paradox in the Christian life, isn't there? We've talked about that before, but um, I, I got a quote from a, um, I don't know if you guys know, uh, Henry Clay Trumbull, anybody? Okay, theologian, he was, he was ahead of the um, Sunday school, um, National Sunday School Press or something like that, um, around the, uh, a little after the Civil War. Um, he was a Civil War chaplain, he was captured um, he was released in a trade one point, went back to uh, being a, a chaplain in the field. Um, but he had this to say about the Christian life. He said, the law of the Christian life is a paradox. It is made up of seeming contradictions. All its teachings are contrary to the common opinions of man. According to its law, giving is getting. Scattering is gaining. Holding is losing. Having nothing is Possessing all things. Dying is living. It is he who is weak who is strong. Happiness is found when it is no longer sought. And the clearest sight is of the invisible. And things which are not, uh, <clears throat> things which are not bring to naught things which are. Does that make sense? That's a 
That's that paradoxical law of the Christian life. It's not to be confused with oxymoron. You guys know what oxymorons are, right? Anybody know some examples of oxymorons? Jumbo shrimp, top of the list. The bottom of the list, but I knew that would come up with this guy. I, I'm not saying anything about, about you know, I, well, jumbo shrimp. Hmm? Ugly, pretty, little big man. Awful good. You, you hear people say, ah, same difference. The sound of silence. There's a song about that. So oxymorons, um, I, I think the thing that's different with oxymorons is they have a tendency to, um, uh, to be kind of funny. They tend, tend to be like, we say them for things and then we realize, oh, they really, they really don't go together. A, a, a paradox is something that, that seems like, you know, common, common sense would say, well, that doesn't go together. But then you look at how the Lord uses it and it, they both are true and they both work together. So often we get caught up in the absurdity of life rather than the, the wonder of all that we can experience in Christ. You notice that? We think we're clever with our thinking, the stress that we build for ourselves and our modern work ethic shows this. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I, yes, we need to work and provide for our families, uh, to provide for uh, those things of life. Yes, we need to work. Yes, there's something um, fulfilling in our days when we're working, right? So often the art of being still is missed in the mix. Yes, I've heard those that, that work hard and play hard, and that, that's great too. You know, you've seen those people that, that they have the big toys and they do that when they're, when they're not working, right? But even in that, you can miss being still. Playing is not necessarily the same thing as being still. The thing is that the paradox, paradox extends to us. It, it extends to who we are. It extends to what we do. Um, the paradox of work and being still are to be a both and, not exclusive things. This is similar to the paradoxes of like work and, works and faith. Free will and predestination. Pain and joy. Leniency and violence. Or as we know them as grace and judgment. These are paradoxical relationships. Some would say you can't have one without the other. How do you understand joy without pain? Right? How do you understand that pain without being able to experience joy? Those are both ends, aren't they? The works and faith one is one that has been fought about with theologians and people in the church for centuries. And, and, and I think God's just sitting back going, it's both and, guys. It's not one or the other. 
He knows what's going to happen. There's your predestination. But he's also given us free will. There's your free will. Both and. Done. Okay. I've just solved the problems of theologians for centuries, right? <laughs> We're people. We like to, we like to um, argue things. But life in Christ is a life that's paradoxical. Isaiah 55, 8 um, says this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The first thought is this. The way to his thoughts is in being still. He had Mary and Martha. We have Mary and Martha, right? And Mary was all about working and Martha was at his feet. And again, that thought, the way to his thoughts is in being still. Martha was working, but Mary was at the foot of Jesus, right? And Mary being at the feet was being still and being still before Jesus. That being still, she was absorbing. She was receiving. She was being built up in Christ. If we want to know his thoughts, we have to be still before him. The author of our days wants to tell us, but he also wants us to spend time with him. His thoughts and and ways are higher than ours, but he does want to share those ways. He wants to share those ways with us, doesn't he? He he sent Jesus to bring about a, a reconciliation with his creation. Because he wants to spend time with us. Like the garden. That is his ideal relationship with us. Walking in the garden. And we have that opportunity, and sometimes we get caught up in whatever it is that we get caught up in. No matter how much we know God, our understanding will be incomplete, imperfect. We'll, we'll learn new, new things. We'll learn new um, facets of his character and, and of his relationship with us, but yet it will not be complete in, in this life. It means that we will, must live in this place of paradox. And, and, and you know what? The thing is, is like we, we read from Paul. Paul wrote a good chunk of the New Testament, you know, a little bit, a little bit of it, like most of it. Um, other than the Gospels. And he gets it. Paul gets this relationship uh, of paradox, and and he writes about it in 2 Corinthians 6, 8 through 10. Um, Through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, we are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet uh, yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing everything. 
There is something innately profound about living in the tension of that paradox. Excuse me a second. I don't know if you heard that little low hum. That was getting me only, I think. There's something about innately profound about that, that living in that tension of that paradox. Because the paradox is, there is a tension there, right? When you have two things that seem like they're, they, they might be contradictory, we're trying to live in the presence of both of those. I was learning this the hard way last week. I was learning about that tension of living in the paradox. The whole family was sick except for Ben. Ben, um, he, he got a little bit of something, and then that was it, thankfully. Thank you, Jesus. It's easier to deal with, with older kids and adults being sick. But a little kid, um, that one just gets me. <laughs> So being sick, it started, you know, Kelly said it started with her. It moved to me, moved to Zoe. Um, and she had to play nursemaid to both of us. But at one point, I was, I, I was wanting to help her because I was like, I'm feeling useless. So I got up and I started trying to help and, um, because I was getting stir crazy. And, um, and I tried to get up and help, which was a big mistake. Um, one, I'm when I'm not a mom, moms, for some reason, they just have this abil- innate ability to just, to just look past their own nausea and, and be able to take care of everybody else. And I'm very thankful for my bride. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't as good as I thought I was. Anybody been there before? Where you're like, I'm going to get up, I'm going to do stuff. I'm going to go do some laundry or I'm going to do some dishes. And then you're like, you're like, Okay, I got a few underwear in the in the washer there. Now I got to try to make it back to the couch. You, you, you know what I'm talking about? Am I too honest for my own good? It, probably, yeah. Overshare. You know, it, it, it's it's interesting though because when we get when we get sick and we're in that place of total vulnerability, um, we don't care what people see us like. We don't, we don't care how we feel. We, we want to get better. And sometimes we try to force that. Like I had it in my head that if I keep drinking fluids, I will stop getting rid of fluids. I was just giving myself more ammunition. <laughs> okay, too, too much information. Um, the second thought here was that, um, and this was something I said to Kelly. I, I said this to Kelly at one point, and I realized Okay, this this is this is I, I'm living the sermon this week. I didn't get my sermon done before I got sick. I usually try to get it done at the beginning of the week, and and I didn't get it done until um, pretty much yesterday. Um, and but I had this thought in the midst of getting better, and and it's the greatest way to get well is in being still. The greatest way to get well is in being still. Anybody kind of go on, ouch? Anybody? That's usually me. Um, We are not well without Jesus. That's safe to say, right? Even as believers, if we are not in 
communion with the Lord. If we're not spending time with him, we are not well. Is that safe to say? We need, we need to, to be still in order to do. If we want to get up and do, and we, we have to stay still for a while to be able to do. We need to be still to go on. We need to be still as part of the way of becoming. This becoming that we, I mean, the way that we talk about with Jesus. I mean, we have that term Christianity, which kind of is derived from uh, being uh, Christians. We were called that. That wasn't a moniker that we gave ourselves. That was kind of a, oh, you're little Christs. It was almost derogatory. We were part of the way, right? In the original church, that's what they call it. They said of themselves. They said, we're part of the way. And this way is us becoming like Christ. This becoming like the Son of God. Being a son and a daughter of the living God. And so we, are, we need to be still, and that's part of the way of becoming. Before the feeding of the 5,000, you remember that story? You got the 5,000, you got some loaves and fishes, and, and a whole lot of work for the disciples. Um, they're returning from work, working on some ministry when we see them in, in Mark 6, 30 through 31. They've been out, they've been ministering, they've been, uh, they've been uh, 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 this is where they, they've been sent out. Jesus sent them out, and he's having them come back after having um, spoken of the, the kingdom of God after having uh, ministered to people, having um, shared uh, about uh, all the things that Jesus had, had taught them. And they come back, and, and it says, the apostles um, returned to Jesus and told him all they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest for a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. Do you ever work yourself so much where you're doing stuff and you just forget to have lunch? Anybody? Anybody guilty of that? <laughs> um, you ever have um, people coming at you so much? Like, like sometimes we do that to ourselves. Sometimes we allow other people to do that to us. You ever have people coming at you so much that you, you really have no time for yourself or for eating or... Yeah, anybody? I saw a hand from Billy back there, yeah? And there's a few nods, but the hands aren't, aren't quite going with it. But Jesus cared enough about how tired they were. He cared enough about what he saw in them uh, that he, you know, he said, let's go away. He cares that they were hungry and distressed. He called the disciples away on a retreat. And yes, that rest was short-lived. Because the people followed them and Jesus told them to feed the crowds. Yet that's life, isn't it? Sometimes we have to find those moments of rest and we have to string them together. Other times we can, we can guard that, that time and, and have that Sabbath rest. But if you don't have that, you have to string together times of rest in the midst of what God's working you through. 
That sounds, I, I know somebody's just going, but it's just supposed to be Sabbath. Yes, it's supposed to be Sabbath. But sometimes life comes at you. Sometimes you're sent off to minister to some by Jesus. And he knows it's hard and he knows you're, you're, you're walking through some stuff and, and you're taking care of family or you're, you can fill in the blanks, right? And you come back to Jesus like, I just, I'm just so tired. It's like, like, come away for a minute. Come away for an hour. Come away for a day. And then you, you know, you have kids that call you up and you have other things that kind of crop up that need to be dealt with, Correct. That's life. That's part of the paradox. We're called to rest, but we are also in a world where we have to work. We don't have to work. Let me, let me back that up. We get sick, though, when we don't. Sick at heart sometimes. When we're not doing something. When we don't have purpose. Anybody feel that? Yeah? It, it's, not that, it's not a diss or a, um, you know, some people are like, oh, those people over there, they just need to work. That's a diss. When it's, when it's thinking about how we're created to have purpose. And if we're able to fulfill some purpose, it, it, it builds us up. It lifts us up. When we don't, it makes us sick inside. We still have to get things done, and yet we still need to be able to find those moments to be still with ourselves and with Jesus. To be still for a moment with Jesus is, is still worth it, isn't it? Just a moment to steal away, a moment to get a a bit of word, a moment just to sit before the Lord and go, I don't need to say anything. Just sometimes we just got to go, this is sometimes where our spiritual language comes in because we don't have words and we have to lay that out before the Lord. The last thought I had for you this morning is that um, the way of Jesus is advance and retreat. Advance and retreat. It's a both and. Um, when we think about the word retreat, there's two things that come to mind. Like camp, a bunch of kids tying knots and learning how to make fires and going out being out in the, the wilds, getting to know the Lord. And retreat, like like um, the military retreat. And it's usually kind of a derogatory term, right? You don't retreat. Never retreat. Never surrender. Um, and this advance and retreat kind of tends to lean towards uh, the retreat of the military kind. Because uh, the thought of retreat in the military, it's, it's, it's a loss of uh, strength. We don't have enough strength to overtake this obstacle or this opponent. And the way with Jesus, when we get to that place of retreat, where we understand 
that we need to retreat to really go forward, it's recognizing that we don't have the strength to overtake that obstacle. But Jesus does. So we have to retreat so that his strength can be felt. We have to retreat so that his way can be the way that we advance. But there is something about that camp idea when it comes to retreating. Because sometimes we need not to retreat into ourselves, but we need to retreat before the Lord. We need to be kids again. We need to be in that place where we're just breathing and being and resting in who he is. And, and the thing is, is that that takes us to a place where... Um, we're, we're recognizing our lack of strength. We're recognizing our lack of, of knowing where to go or how to go on. Or recognizing we really don't always have the strength to do all of the things that seem to be put on our plates. But that recognition of our weakness, what do we find? We find that he is our strength. We find that he is the strength that helps us to advance in the things that we can't, that we must retreat in. How many times have you stepped back and been still before the Lord and, and, and in a time of crisis, and when you do that and you step back and you look at it again, you're like, it's not a crisis. But how many times do we come out of that, that time of being still and go, huh, look what I did. That's the danger, is we do need to retreat and recognize, but we need to continue in that recognition that it's his strength that helps us to go on. We take those moments of being still to be more effective in everything else. And this is the example that God gives us in the seven-day creation. He gives us an example at the very beginning of a both-and. He did six days of creating, and on the seventh day, he rested. I mean, this is why we get this whole Sabbath day. In the practice of Sabbath and so many other stories in the Word, we see this as well. Uh, and I, I think it's one of the hardest things for us in our culture to acknowledge and to be still. Even if you're going into retirement or been in retirement, sometimes it's hard to be still because we're still in some of those rhythms. And God is slowly breaking us of those rhythms. Yes? It's a daily thing. It's a weekly thing that God is calling us into. And sometimes we get it and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we get little moments. Sometimes we get large moments. But, but ultimately it's seeking those moments to be still will make all the difference in whether we retreat and stay retreated 
where we advance. Why don't you go ahead and set your things aside? I would like to encourage you, um, maybe kind of an application in the next week or so or next couple of months, to, to find extra time, time above what you've been doing. Because we all know that where we're at. We know what kind of time we're doing as far as spending time with the Lord. But to find some extra time, and it's amazing how this happens. You find that extra time and you get more time to do the other things you need to get done. But we don't think that. We think if I take this time, um, yeah, uh, if I take this, this time, I'm going I'm to lose out on this other thing. But find some extra time to spend before the Lord and just be. Don't have an agenda. Don't have a, a reading plan that you're, you're going through. You'll have that, I'm sure. But just be. And say, Lord, I'm, I'm just going to retreat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step back and just be. Where do you want me to go in this? How do you want me to be in this? And just sit. Maybe that's five minutes. Maybe that's all you can take to be in silence. But if it's more than that, great. But take that time and do that and see what happens in the rest of your week. See how much it might change, how you're responding to the things, the, the frustrations, responding to the things that, that overwhelm you. Um, but let's, let's pray um, as we go out this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for... Um, your word, and uh, we thank you that we can dig in and, and find so much more about you. But God, we want relationship with you. Not just learning head knowledge, but we want, we want to, to sit at your feet, know you. We want to um, sit in silence, in quiet solitude, and, uh, and just listen for you to speak into us. And God, we want to have that relationship where we, we know your voice, where we, 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 are, um, we are encouraged in hearing it. And we grow in hearing it. I pray that you would, you would help um, those here to, to hear your voice, to hear your voice speaking into their, their chaos of their week. Um, and God, that you would, you would speak into where they're at and, and how proud you are of them, how much you love them. Because we know that when you say that to us, that it changes our outlook on everything. Thank you that you first loved us. We love you. Increase our faith, Lord. Build our faith. We thank you. We praise you. With everybody's eyes still closed and heads bowed, I just want to give that offer out. If there's anybody in here that does not know Jesus, um, I want to give an opportunity that, um, for you to do that. If, you, if that's you, I just want you to uh, acknowledge that with a, a raise of your hand and actually make eye contact with me because I'd like to pray with you. If that's you, raise your hand. All right. For the rest of us in here, um, I, I, 
I just want to pray this. this. Uh, Lord, as we go out, expand our time miraculously that we might be able to sit down with you more. Expand our our um, thinking to where we can include you in things more. Expand our, our, our work and, and, and the places that we put our energies more so that we can include you in even that, Lord. As you go before us in this life and in, and in this way, God, go before us in our work. Go before us in the things that that frustrate us. Go before us in the things that weigh us down and help us to be still more so that we can be well. We praise you. We thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Well, God bless you. Um, We do have the the potluck downstairs, so please join us for that. Um, Soup and sandwiches, um, kind of a good time of year for that. And we'll just kind of fellowship a little bit and then go about our day. God bless you. You are dismissed.